Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. I wasn't rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles. No decent person roots for the Eagles. It's good to see Eagles fans lose. It's good to see them uh, rioting in the streets, probably still out there right now, flipping over cars. Doesn't matter. Win or lose, they were going to do that. It's fun to see Eagles fans online, on social media, losing their minds. That's a treat. Uh, But... They, they were robbed. Let's be honest. Second year in a row, we have sat here on the Monday after Super Bowl Sunday and talked about a truly dreadful call. The NFL is a great sport. The NFL has great players, great coaches, including Andy Reid. We will get to that. But they have horrendous officials, horrendous officiating. And this is a joke that you have a Super Bowl. And and I'll be honest, I love the Super Bowl. It's a blast. It's a great American day. As much as they have tried to woke it up, as much as they have gone woke, they can't kill it. It is a great day, a great sport. The games are as intense as it gets. I love watching guys perform under immense pressure. And that's what this is. This was, I love watching good quarterback play. And we saw it all night on both sides. Patrick Mahomes and uh, Jalen Hurts. But how do you allow this to decide your championship? 125 plays from scrimmage last night uh, between the Eagles and the Chiefs. One defensive holding call, a ticky-tack call in the final minute, uh, two minutes. By the way, I called it. I'm not going to say I got all my predictions right. I picked the Eagles to win. Um, but I said there would be a terrible call in the final two minutes, a holding call, and I nailed that. James Bradbury of the Eagles called for a phantom hold on Juju Smith-Schuster on a third and eight from the 15-yard line, essentially handing the game to the the Chiefs. Congratulations to the Chiefs. Again, Mahomes is spectacular. Kelsey's great. Um, Andy Reid just runs circles around uh, his his uh, opponent. He did it against the Bengals, and he did it again last night. Uh, Mahomes, again, he was great, but two of the touchdowns, the guys were wide open. There was no one in the zip code. He just is the best ever at drawing up plays, at running an offense. Uh, Andy, Andy Reid is, is just the best, but 
this game came down to this game was going to either go to overtime or the Chiefs were going to take a three point lead. They were going to kick a field goal. And then we would get to see the Eagles with two minutes left and, and see if Jalen Hurts under just unfathomable pressure could pull it out. I was looking forward to that. That was going to happen. Some guy who, you know, sells insurance all week shows up in Glendale, Arizona and decides, I want to be part of this. Let me throw a flag on this play and uh, let me decide the Super Bowl. That's what happened. Anybody who's watching knows that was not a, a penalty, particularly not in that situation and not the way they were calling the game all night. There's a little tug. Sure, it happens on every play. The other 125 plays, it happened. Something like this happened. And the officials did not reach for the flag. Just here, just now. It's a disgrace. Roger Goodell said at his press conference on Friday that the officiating has never been better. And Roger Goodell, as usual, is lying. This was uh, this was just robbery. It was a shame that they get in the way of a game like this. The Chiefs, hell, the Chiefs probably would have won by three. If it went to overtime, I'm certainly not betting against Mahomes and Reed. But this is what I will remember from this Super Bowl, just like I remember it from the last Super Bowl. The refs got in the way. They handed the game to the Rams last year, and they handed it to the Chiefs this year. How can you, how can you not do something dramatic, drastic to fix this? I used to think it was silly when people would call, would call for full-time officials. So guys work one day a week for six months, and that's it. The rest of the time, they sit home and watch film. I used to think that was nuts. I don't think that anymore. They have to find a way. They have to fix this. You cannot have a game with uh, 110 million people watching your championship game. You're the, the, the biggest sporting event in this country. You can't have that decided by some guy who uh, you know is running a landscaping company during the week and decides on Super Bowl Sunday, he wants to be a part of it. I want to be a part of this one. Let me throw the flag on this play. It was, it is a a disgrace to the game. And it was a great game. It was a great game. It was a great day. I mean, the, the, uh, the uh, halftime show sucked, but let's be honest. I, uh, we'll get to that. Uh, I think I, I think I nailed this one too. I I tweeted before the halftime show began that it's the worst halftime show ever. I'm just, I was just trolling, but people get upset when you do that. And as invariably they'll say, Oh, that's racist. You can't say that about Rihanna, but it was terrible. I mean, what, uh, if you're a lip, if you're lip syncing a song, aren't you supposed to, I don't know, sync with the lip words. Aren't you supposed to at least try to make it look like you're singing? Uh, Rihanna didn't do that. We're going to get to that though. We're going to get to, uh, Donald Trump had his review of the halftime show and uh, this was good, Trump. This is one he got correct. And we're going to get to, oh, that other news over the weekend that uh, we're shooting down unidentified flying objects like all over the place. They're, we're under attack from someone. I don't know if it's uh, illegal, uh, illegal aliens. I don't know if it's aliens or it's, or it's the Chinese, but we're shooting down objects. And the, uh, the military, the U.S. government is not telling us what they are or where they're coming from. They're just shooting them down and say, yep, got another one over Lake Huron. Uh, But uh, that's a pretty crazy story. And uh, 
I, I'm expecting we'll get some more information. We got a, we got some information from from Corinne Jean Pierre on this, and we'll get to her too because, as usual, she clears things up, and we have uh, we have lots of uh, lots of uh, reviews of the um, of the commercials on Super Bowl Sunday. I guess I should do winners and looters losers. I was a loser. I picked the Eagles. Montante was a winner. He went 12 and one in the postseason, which is remarkable. Ironhead won $400 yesterday. Are you going to declare that on your taxes? No, I, I'm not sure you will. Of course. I mean, yes. Yeah. Uh, of course I was watching the game with my friend and he, if, if, if McKinnon, if you missed it at the end, uh, McKinnon, the, the running back for the chiefs had a chance to go in the end zone he he need, he took he went down so he wouldn't give the ball back to the Eagles. It was a smart play. It was a, obviously something you, you're supposed to do. But if he'd gone in the end zone, my friend who was sitting next to me would have won twenty six thousand dollars. And and uh, I was mad at the officiating, but man, he was a little he was distraught. Uh, it's just, it's just a blast. I love the, I love, you know, the Super Bowl. I love the fact that the whole country's all together watching it. I love the fact that, uh, that one of those teams was going to lose and, uh, either the Eagles fans, the obnoxious Eagles fans, either Jill Biden, the fake phony Eagles fan was going to lose or Jackson Mahomes on the other side was going to lose. Unfortunately, uh, Patrick's obnoxious brother won this one. Uh, it just it just puts a damper on everything when it's over and one team's celebrating and one team's uh, distraught. It puts a damper on everything, knowing that the officials played such a big part of this. I was watching the debate this morning on uh, on ESPN, and a couple guys were saying Dominic Foxworthy and uh, and uh, and the Ryan Clark was saying, "Oh, it's it was a good call." And I know James Bradbury again said he did it. He held. Uh, he was just trying to be classy Nick Seriani who got out coached uh, big time by uh, by Andy Reid he didn't uh, take the bait he just said it was it was did not decide the game I understand that's what they should do they don't want to blame the officials when you lose you don't want to be a sore loser you don't want to sound like sound like a whiner uh, but you know, other people did it for them. Other people pointed it out. Uh, I, I saw Rod Ninkovich, a few others, just saying this is uh, this was just wrong. You don't you don't make that call on the final in the final two minutes when you don't make it in the first fifty eight minutes. How do you suddenly start calling a little ticky tacky hold when you didn't do it on the first one hundred and twenty four plays from scrimmage or first one hundred and twenty? It's just, it's just wrong. It's sad. I'm happy for, uh, for Ironhead. I'm happy for, uh, for, uh, Andy Reed, Patrick Mahomes, whatever, Travis Kelsey. He's pretty obnoxious too. I have to say, the but, worst. uh, the day, I mean, there was just so much, uh, again, we, it, it began with a, uh, with a flyover and we have all had to, uh, we all had to, uh, appreciate the fact that all the pilots were female. <laughs> hey, look, a flyover and all the people flying. None of them has a penis. Let's all celebrate. Let's all rejoice. I thought it was a little weird when they got back to the base. None of the pilots could parallel park the jets into the spot. It was a little strange, but uh, that was fun. The, the pregame, Chris Stapleton, good job on the anthem. He uh, Great job. He went way over. If you bet the over on the anthem, you won. 
they had they had all kinds of uh, woke commercials. I think I was right. I don't think there was a single commercial where there was a straight white guy who wasn't portrayed as a total moron. Uh, there was you know hundreds of commercials. We have the we have the rating by the way. This is the one time of the year where I get up in the morning and I go to USA Today. They rate. They have the ad meter where fans rate. We'll tell you what the number one. Uh, commercial was, I didn't even notice it. (laughs) It wasn't Bud Light and it really didn't make an impact on my life, but we could play that for you. Uh, And we can uh, go go over some of the, uh, some of the halftime, some of the uh, commercials, some of the good ones and bad ones. You know what I think is the most memorable one for some, maybe it's just because it's local, but uh, Ben Affleck working the Dunkin' Donuts. That one worked, you know, that one worked. I remember that one, but I just looked at like the top 10, I didn't even notice eight of them. <laughs> they just, they didn't really uh, have an impact on me, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. The game, the game, these guys were great. Mahomes was great at halftime. I thought the Eagles were going to roll. In fact, I tweeted, I said, one of two things is going to happen. Either Mahomes is just going to pull one out of his rear end and just be spectacular and win it for his team. Or the Eagles were going to blow them out because Mahomes was hurt when he rolled his ankle. It looked hopeless. The Eagles were up 10. The Eagles were running the ball. They were controlling the clock. Jalen Hurts had settled in nicely, although there was only one turnover over in this game, and it was huge. You can't give Jalen Hurts an A for this game, even though he scored three touchdowns and a two-point conversion because of that fumble. I mean, it was a scoop and score. It gave the Chiefs life. They don't. Chiefs don't win the game if Hertz didn't put it on the ground. So he had a good day. I think his rating was like 103. Mahomes was 131. Mahomes didn't turn the ball over. There was not even a, a chance, uh, anything close to a pick from the Eagles defense. And uh, to me, the biggest takeaway was that they didn't pressure Mahomes. Reed is just so good at drawing up plays at protecting his quarterback at getting receivers open it makes all the difference. Those receivers aren't great for the Chiefs since they lost Tyreek Hill. They don't have huge playmakers other than the tight end, who's not really a tight end. He just knows how to draw plays and get receivers open. That was the difference. How do you go? What did Mahomes had? And Mahomes had about uh, 30-something uh, dropbacks. Uh, Mahomes was... Uh, was uh, 21 of 27. He had six rushes, so that's at least 33 dropbacks. Didn't touch him. You know, they tackled him when he ran and, and hurt his ankle. But just like the Bengals game, the Bengals got to him early, and then after that, they, they, they didn't touch him. This game, you had to pressure. You had to pressure Mahomes. You had to hit him. If you, if you aggravated the ankle, even better. That had to be your top priority. They had the best defense in the NFL. They led the NFL in sacks by far. They had 70-something sacks. We saw Hassan Reddick in the in the playoffs in the NFC Championship game. He was great. He didn't get he didn't get a finger on Mahomes. That's good offensive line play, but that's great coaching. The defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon from the Eagles, he's going to be rumored to be taking some head coaching job somewhere. I guarantee it. My first question would be if I'm that team. How do you not get any pressure? How do you not find a way to blitz and hit Patrick Mahomes? That will be, to me, the biggest, uh, if you want to talk X's and O's, that's the biggest takeaway. They could not touch Mahomes. And if you can't touch any quarterback in the NFL, 
is going to pick you apart if you don't get to him, if you don't touch him. Mahomes, the best quarterback in the NFL right now, is going to kill you, and that's what he did. But uh, it was it was entertaining, and it was maddening, and it was frustrating. And I'm trying to make I'm trying to make myself feel better by watching the rioting in the streets of Philly, or looking at the tweets from the Bidens saying "Go Eagles, fly Eagles, fly." Oh, I forgot. I didn't mention the the other highlight before the game, which is an absolute disgrace to the uh, to the NFL. They played the Black National Anthem before the other national. I, I don't know what is the other national anthem. Is it just uh, the, is it the the white national anthem? What <laughs> the Black National Anthem is the worst example there is of just corporate c- cowardice of of, of pandering to excess of saying we're going to have a black national anthem and a white national anthem and all the black people go on the field for the black national anthem and then get them off and put other people on the field for the regular national anthem. What, why do you, how do you get to that point? You have one national anthem by definition. It can, you can only have one national anthem. I just think that's uh, that's embarrassing for the NFL and for Roger Goodell. And it's just such a sad example of, uh, of pandering. Uh, yeah, there's Carrie Lake. She was there. The, uh, the, the woman who was robbed out of the governorship in Arizona. She didn't stand up for the black national anthem and the uh, picture went uh, viral. And I guess is she supposed to be embarrassed by that? I don't know, but I was just going to say like the rest of the, the uh, people in this picture don't look terribly uh, concerned about it either. Yeah, well, that's true. They're all talking and looking at their phones. And I mean, that's okay. You stand and you, and you stare at the flag for the national anthem. And there's only one national anthem. That was it's real just, good too. I, I, I don't, I don't know why we have to do this. I mean, I guess I do know why again, it's corporate cowardice and, and, and there's no bigger coward than Roger Goodell, but please, please. I mean, can we just stop? It's just so, it's just, it's just so pathetic. And, uh, and the flyover was good, even though it was all chicks, that was the best part. No, uh, but, uh, the, the, when the game started and the, uh, Eagles scored on the first drive and they ran that sneak and they just kept running that sneak, which is unstoppable. They've done it like 30 something times and, converted it almost every time. You just said they're going to overpower. <laughs> Forget about that one. Nick Sirianni weeping uncontrollably during the anthem. That wasn't a good sign. No, it was, pre- it was premeditated sign. too. Cause he did a, uh, an interview talking about how emotional he gets listening to Whitney Houston. So I knew this was coming before it even started. I mean, I've seen guys get teared up for, you know, anthem or before the Super Bowl, but this, he was really, he was really weeping and uh, that wasn't a good sign, but you know, the Eagles started strong, looked good. Uh, other than the fact that they couldn't get to Mahomes and couldn't stop Mahomes, You can't blame the Eagles offense when you put up 35 points and, and, and turn it over just once and hurts just running unstoppable. It, it, you know what? If you, if Reed was, if you flip the coaches, Reed, the, the Eagles would have won going away. Reed's just a better coach. He's a better, you know, he wins the coaching matchup. Most weeks, and this one, this time he certainly did. But uh, all right, the big, big news, and the game's kind of secondary. The big news is always the halftime show. Again, you'll never see, you know, the Who or Springsteen or Tom Petty, definitely not Tom Petty, play halftime again. This is when this is reserved for uh, for woke, woke ish, wokeness and, and, and pandering. So the NFL had uh, Rihanna along with about 75 backup dancers or whatever. And 
as I said, I joked, I trolled before it began and said it was terrible. But then when it was over, I said, yeah, uh, I, it was terrible. I mean, it was, it was disjointed. You couldn't understand her. The song, the first song she played, did you know that one, Ironhead? Bitch, better give me the money. Okay, so I got to be honest. I like a lot of her songs. I don't like the lip syncing. But I thought, I thought visually it looked cool. But she was lip syncing well, the whole time, and she didn't really do anything. <laughs> if visually is all that matters, you might as well have, you know, right. Blue Man Group up right. there, right. or uh, Circus Dolay, or you know, I mean, might as well have Kiss. They're apparently very uh, uh, the visually it's it's uh, very stimulating. But I thought the music kind of mattered a little bit, and the music was awful. And uh, here was Donald J. Trump on Truth, and this. This could have been bigger, much, much bigger. He posts on Truth, epic fail. Rihanna gave, without question, the single worst halftime show in Super Bowl history. This after insulting far more than half our nation, which is already in serious decline with her foul and insulting language. Also, so much for her stylist. <laughs> the big, the big take. There's two big takeaways. One, she's pregnant. Uh, she, she had a little bump, and everyone got to see it. I thought we might even see a gender reveal before it was over. <laughs> we didn't, but uh, uh, this could have been the biggest moment of the night if Trump just gave in to uh, to uh, his urge to uh, be heard and tweeted it. That's on True Social. It gets reposted on Twitter, but not nearly as big. If he returned to Twitter at halftime of this game to post that shot at Rihanna, apparently Rihanna wrote painted Trump suck, no, F Trump on a on a on a car. And and she hates Trump. She's criticized him many times and he's firing back. But in this case, he's right. She was awful. It was uh, you know, Chris Stapleton's anthem was better than Rihanna's halftime show. And uh they sure did hype it up. I mean, there were obviously millions of commercials, but there were like 97 promos for this. Everyone knew she's performing. Everyone watches halftime. Everyone watches the commercials. It's the one game you can't DVR and, and just fast forward to the, to the good parts because you got to see this. The, every commercial, not, not every, most commercials have celebrities in them. You know, there's Steve Martin and there's Miles Teller and they all, uh, they, you know, they, they pop uh, There's uh uh, uh, Serena Williams. Every commercial's got a, a couple of celebrities, Brian Cranston. Uh, so you kind of watch, and if you're at a party and there's people who aren't really big fans, everyone's uh, half the people are more uh, interested in the commercials and the halftime show. And I don't think uh, I don't think many people would agree that uh, that uh, uh, Rihanna was good, unless you're some pandering puke like what's his name at the uh, at Barstool. Uh, the big cat, big cat. If you don't like Rihanna, there's something wrong with you. Why? Everyone has to like Rihanna. Why? Yeah. I don't care what, what race she is, or I don't care what she said about Trump. She was terrible. I'm sorry, that's my opinion. Is that okay? We all don't have to like it. I, I didn't think uh, that uh, uh, what, Snoop Dogg was great last year either. So you're wrong. That's, he was. Last year's was a great halftime show. That one, you're, uh, you're not, one on, you're one and uh, one. Not a Snoop fan. Not a Snoop fan. But uh, it was certainly better than this year. I'll give you that. But uh, it was it was not it was not great. You know, I'll give you one surprise. I mean, I watched for four hours pregame, little pregame, little postgame, halftime. 
I am stunned that there was no, maybe I missed it. Maybe there was no Tom Brady. He wasn't on Fox. He wasn't in any commercials, was he? No. I was sure Brady would be, he couldn't stay away. I thought he'd either be, I don't know, involved in some kind of sit with, uh, with, with the Jimmy Johnson and the Terry Bradshaw and Howie Long, those guys, Michael Strahan's his buddy, or he would pop up in a commercial and it would be for whatever, some high end thing. And he would, uh, he, people would be talking about something he did in the Super Bowl, but he stayed away. No Belichick, no Brady, no Patriot at all. It was, uh, it was, if it felt like they are for the first time, the Patriots, uh, you know, the big, biggest dynasty in league history was pretty much irrelevant on this day. And I know the real Brady fanatics are upset that Mahomes is 27 years old. He's got two Super Bowls. He's got another MVP, another Super Bowl MVP that he's creeping up on the goat. But uh, we'll, 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 get, we'll wait another uh, year or two. He's, I mean, hell, Brady's, Brady's 18 years older than Mahomes. So I think he's got a ways to go. Gronk. Gronk was there in that commercial, which allegedly was live. He missed the field goal, just missed it. It was close. Uh, it was close, but he missed the field goal. I don't even know what it meant if it was good or bad, but he didn't. But he didn't hit the field goal. Um, we can do, we can do a couple of these commercials. Do we have? Do we have? How's the time? Good, good, good. Let's let's uh, let's let's get to some of these commercials and the reaction. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you my favorite. I'll tell you which one was won the USA Today ad meter. And I'll tell you, uh, tell you the reaction to uh, to one of the to two of the commercials. Two of the commercials upset some people, including AOC and other other uh, lefties, which makes them makes them worth the money, <laughs> makes them effective. They worked, but first. Are you looking to protect your money from Biden's America? Well, right now you can get up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last just for taking action in today's uncertain times. That's exactly why I've partnered with a great company, Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, a 2022 company of the year with thousands of five-star reviews. And they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last if you call them today. Qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. Don't pass this up. Not while companies are laying off workers by the tens of thousands and Chinese spy balloons are drifting over our country consequence-free. Protect yourself from Biden's America and see if you're eligible for up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. Call 855-735-3740 today. That's 855-735-3740. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm not sure uh, it was a good idea for uh, for Tony Roma to play Bill Murray in the fake uh, Caddyshack. It's not, it's not a good look for a guy who's uh, been criticized a lot lately for, uh, I don't know, sloppy performance, shall we say. Uh, there's a lot of questions, a lot of rumors swirling around around Tony, Tony Roma. I didn't think the caddy thing, 
Caddyshack thing. Caddyshack thing was great. Uh, there was weird commercials that Jack Harlow playing the triangle that didn't work for me. Um, you had uh, you had a weird Coors Light Miller Light commercial that was for Blue Moon. Mm-hmm. I didn't get that at all. Matt Damon and and Ben Affleck together in the Nike movie about Air Jordans. I'm not sure that's going to be great either. That didn't look, uh, that didn't uh, entice me at all. But uh, my favorite ad, I decided this morning, my favorite ad were the Jesus ads. There was two ads from a Christian group and it's, I don't know, what's it called? Jesus gets us or he gets us. He gets us.com. They spent $20 million putting these two ads together and airing them during the Super Bowl for 110 million viewers. They were Outwardly, explicitly religious. They were pretty intense. Uh, you want to yeah, play? We'll play part of one of them. It's it. It includes that scene right there. If you're not watching with us, it's a, a little kid with cancer hanging over the toilet, and then a, another kid, kind of um, with his with her arm around him. You have that famous scene where the little black kid runs to the little white kid, and they hug. And uh, it's it, it, that went viral. I don't know a couple of years ago during the summer of George Floyd, I believe. And then they just have music and they say, Jesus gets us. I thought it was nice. It was, it was, you know, well done, kind of artsy, effective. They had a, that, that picture is unbelievable. Uh, and then they, they had another ad where it had a lot of people yelling at each other. Some of it was from the George Floyd riots. You had white people yelling at black people, black people yelling at white people. It didn't look super woke. It wasn't one of those commercials where you made it all about, you know, angry white people. You had both, you had both. And I'm not sure. Uh, And the theme was, or the message was that Jesus loves the people we hate. I don't know, just a typical kind of general Jesus loves us thing. And I didn't know until uh, I, I, you know, this morning that this was offensive. This was offensive to AOC Here's your headline from uh, the Fox News story. AOC criticizes Christian Super Bowl ads, says Jesus would not fund commercials to make fascism look benign. So that's what they do. They make fascism look benign. The Christian group he gets us spent $20 million on two Super Bowl ads that showed Jesus as someone with empathy for immigrants and the poor. Who all, all who was also tired of the division in politics. And then uh, AOC tweets, something tells me Jesus would not spend millions to make fascism look benign. How did they, when did they do that? I saw these ads. They didn't uh, make fascism look be, be not benign in any way. But, you know, this was uh, explicitly Christian and uh, good liberals, good uh, authoritarian leftists like AOC can't stand that. But I'm going to guess if you're Jesus gets us who are one of the people in that organization, you're pretty happy that AOC got offended and gave you a little more bump from your commercial. But did you, let me ask you this Ironhead. Did you notice the dog ad? It's called the farmer's dog. And I had to watch it this morning, the whole thing, to figure out what it was for. Uh, I didn't notice it last night, uh, but the farmer's dog 
is your number one rated commercial. Usually it's Bud Light in some cutesy puppy kids or whatever Bud Light ad. Um, but the farmer's dog is a dog company and they, and they, uh, they had the highest rated ad. Gotta say, I don't know when it aired. I don't, I didn't, uh, I didn't notice it. Number two was an NFL ad where they run through the streets. Uh, number three, Amazon. Number four is Ben Affleck and JLo. We knew Ben Affleck, uh, shot this commercial in Medford, Mass and uh, serving in the, as the guy at the window at Dunkin' Donuts. We didn't know his wife, his new wife, would be featured in it. It was kind of cute. It was kind of memorable. The Breaking Bad guys doing the ad for uh, Pop Chips uh, was number uh, five. And a, a Bud Light ad, which was terrible, by the way, with Miles Teller dancing to music from a phone that's on hold with his wife or girlfriend just dancing around with a Bud Light. That was rated number six. Number seven, T-Mobile. Eight is Jesus. He gets us. B, childlike. That's one with all the kids. Number nine, Disney. And number 10, Workday Rockstar. That, well, that's with uh, Washed Up Rockstars, uh, the Kiss Guy, one of the Kiss Guys, and Ozzy Osbourne. I, I noticed that, at least. I mean, I didn't. Uh, most of those ads, you know, I guess they get their money's worth because... People, uh, they, they, people see them online. They play them again. They'll play them, you know, when they're, you know, you know basketball games, golf, whatever. Uh, we'll, we'll see these ads again and again, but because they spent so much money on them, but not, not one of them really made an impact on me uh, and, and made me sit up and, you know, turn the TV up and tell everyone to be quiet. They just kind of all blended together, in my opinion. But uh, did you, what, what was your favorite, Ironhead? Well, I'm a sucker for the movie Grease, so I kind of liked the Travolta one, even though it was terrible. It was kind of nice to see. And uh, uh, by the way, two white guys in a commercial would be the uh, Breaking Bad. That's true, but does that count? They're famous. They're celebrities. Uh, I don't count celebrities, but if you watch. The white straight guys are generally just total goofballs or dummies. And the wife's the smart one. The kids make fun of dad, that kind of thing. You don't see a lot of commercials with straight, straight white guys who don't make fools of them. Hell, Ben Affleck is playing this kind of dumb Dunkin' Donuts worker. Uh, and it's a thing now to just have celebrities in just popping up in all the commercials. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they, I guess that's supposed to, carry the day because like Jack Harlow playing the triangle was terrible. Serena Williams as the focus of a commercial about, about Caddyshack. That was weird, but uh, not going to have Chevy chase in that commercial. That's true. No Chevy chase, no Bill Murray. He must've passed on it and let, let Tony Romo play that rule. Looking kind of like a washed up drunk or a hungover guy. Uh, I'm sure that was sometimes the the role comes naturally to you. It's not really acting. Yeah, right. Not really a stretch. Romo, uh, he's having a tough couple of weeks. And I think the critics, I don't necessarily agree yet because Romo, we'll see how he does when he, he cleans up his act and comes back. And I think he could be great again. But Greg Olson was excellent. Kevin Burkhardt so and Greg Olson did the game. Olson is waiting to be demoted when Brady joins the network. The pressure will be on Brady once again because – People like Olsen. He's good. And I was so happy that he didn't say, oh, there's a whole obvious play. Like most of the announcers, Chris Collinsworth right there would have said, 
Oh, you got to call that. It's an obvious call, easy call. A lot of the announcers will do that because not only do they not want to criticize the refs, they don't want to upset Roger Goodell, particularly on the big stage. Greg Olson went there and he went there immediately and said, I don't like that call. Do we have uh, Greg Olson's call on the call? Uh, I have him uh, doing the replay, kind of breaking it down. Um, which yeah, he didn't, he didn't uh, flip. I thought he might go, oh, well, I guess you got to call her or anything like that, but you can't. Again, I don't want to repeat myself too many times, but it's so maddening. They didn't call this in the first quarter, the second quarter, the third quarter, the most of the fourth quarter. They waited till the final two minutes of a Super Bowl with everything on the line to make a call they hadn't made all night. L- let's listen to Olsen break it down. Yeah, you're going to see it. It's going to come at the top of the screen. This is Juju. He's going to come in motion, and he's just going to try to run a little whip rat, sell the shallow cross, and then peel back out. See James Bradbury. To me, it looks like he's in good position. I I know right now Philadelphia fans are losing their minds, and Kansas City fans are. He's like, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, they're losing their minds because they should. It, w- it was terrible, but uh, and can't review it. Doesn't matter that the ball was uncatchable because it's a hold, not an interference. But the ball, he had. There was no way uh, if he didn't touch him that wasn't going to be a touchdown pass. Uh, but anyway, I think I've ranted enough about that awful if, call. If that was and, if that was uh, Romo too, he would have been like, "Ooh, I don't know, Jim." Oh. Ooh. <laughs> he would have been different. <laughs> And, and Olsen talks a little too much, like every play, but uh, he's smart. He knows football. He's not funny. Like, Romo can be funny. He's probably yeah. not uh, as critical as Troy Aikman can be. But he's good, and he's getting better. He's only 37 years old. I think I think he'll be – it'll be interesting. When Brady, Brady says he's going to take next year off, so he'll have a full year of, uh, of, of Olsen on the number one team and then he's going to get bumped for Brady who's had no experience at this and then this I believe Fox has the Super Bowl in two years so Brady's first year he'll, 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 if he's indeed on the number one team he'll be doing the Super Bowl his first year and again I think he'll be good and he, but he because he's smart he knows football and he knows he has to put a lot of effort into this he knows he's not going to coach and he's not going to play anymore so he can just focus on this and he and he he, he will do he will do the work if uh, I think it'll be good but he better be good because yeah. Olsen's good and he's going to get bumped I was going to say if Olsen has like a tremendous year and you're Brady do you just not do it you don't need the money and you don't need that to like tarnish your reputation well, I'll tell you Right. Yeah. But I think Brady likes those kind of situations, those kind of challenges. And I think he's so confident. So as such self-confidence that he thinks he'll be great. He thinks he'll be better than Olsen, which is good. I mean, he's going to have to put, he's going to have to put real, take it really seriously because a lot of people like Greg Olson, I was reading the New York post this morning, Andrew Marchand saying that is going to be a tough call because Olson has proved to be a good number one guy. And there's also the rumor and you'll, it'll pick up in, whatever, two years when Brady makes the move is why not have three in the booth? Been done many times. Uh, It it would be tough because Brady and Olsen both will feel like, you know, number one analyst guy, but they've had three men in the booth plenty of times. And I don't even know if Olsen, Brady, you know, are friends. Brady gets to do what Brady wants. They're paying 37 million a year. They're probably paying Olsen, what, about three or four million? Uh, so I think it's all up to Brady, and it will be interesting. I, I'd love to see it. Brady, the pressure will be on. He will have to be good, or people will say, they dumped Olsen for that. I, this is not really you know big deal. 
obviously the football, the call, the halftime show, the baby bump, much bigger. But we might be uh, somewhat, we might be under attack. Uh, we might be <laughs> under attack from the north. Hell, we're already under attack from the south. We know that the southern border. There's been an invasion there for two years, uh, but they're coming over in balloons from the north. We have three unidentified flying objects. That is literally what they are: unidentified flying objects over uh, over the northern border. We shot down three of them over the weekend. If you were busy, if you were doing things, if you were Watching football, like most people, maybe you missed it. Maybe you missed it. We shot the balloon down last week. We certainly covered that. We waited for it. Joe Biden waited for it to traverse the entire country and gather all the intel it could, go over our nuclear missile silos and our stealth bomber base. And when it was in South Carolina, they finally shot it down after the Chinese had all the info they needed. Then they lied and said it happened under Trump. It didn't. Everybody pointed that out. It was just one of the most brazen lies from the Biden administration. And they said they couldn't do it over Alaska because the water was too cold and deep. So they waited for it to go over the entire country and shut it down after its job was complete. We had a lot of details on that. Wouldn't you say we had uh, the video eyewitnesses, pictures, we had experts talking about how, uh, how this whole thing worked. We got nothing on this. We got nothing. Is uh, I mean, over the weekend, if you just got online, tried to read up, you're like, what? We shot down three things. They don't know what they are. Here's, here's a report on CNN this morning. They went through the timeline. February 10th, a car-sized object over Alaska was shot down at 40,000 feet. February 11th, that would be Saturday a cylindrical object was shot down over Canada at 40,000 feet. And February 12th, that would be Super Bowl Sunday at 2.42 p.m. So it didn't get in the way. The pilots still got to see the game. Uh, a octagon object, that's what CNN's calling it, was shot down over Lake Huron at 20,000 feet. So that's it. That's wow. below your commercial airliner. Yeah. People are looking down from their planes saying, holy crap, we just shot a f- Sidewinder missile. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is from uh, Newsmax. It says, U.S. military fighter jets on Sunday shot down an octagonal object. Uh, the latest incident since a suspected Chinese spy balloon uh, w- flew over North America. It was the fourth unidentified flying object to be fought da- shot down in a week. On Joe Biden's order, a U.S. F-16 fighter shot down the object uh, Sunday afternoon. Though it did not pose a military threat, the object could have potentially interfered with domestic air travel as it was traveling at 20,000 feet and it might have surveillance capabilities, said uh, Pentagon spokesman Patrick Ryder. The object appeared octagonal with strings hanging off with no discernible payload. A U.S. official said, speaking on the condition of anonymity, the object was recently detected over Montana near sensitive military sites, prompting the closure of U.S. airspace. We closed our airspace over Montana. Uh, the, the, the incident raised questions about the spate of unusual objects that have appeared over North America. And here's the bottom line. We don't know. They aren't saying. And when they are telling us things, they're generally lying. That's what they did uh, they lied to us about the Chinese balloon. Hell, 
Chuck Schumer went on yesterday and said, it was a great success. We learned a lot from the debris that came down. <laughs> you can find it. I think he says great success because of our, we got so much intelligence after their intelligence balloon flew over the entire country. He thinks it was a great thing for the U.S., but we will leave it as usual to a uh, cringe John Pierre to enlighten us. She was on with Jonathan Capehart and he asked about, asked the obvious question, why are we shooting things down over Canada? Why? That's, that's a good question. Why doesn't Canada shoot down things over Canada? Are we, are we in charge of that? I never knew that, but I guess we are, you know, we, we are the world's policemen. So in this case, we took out this object and everybody obviously is saying, are these, you know, from outer space, all the nuts are online talking about aliens, but don't they have to tell us more than the shape? I mean, it was just something flying over the country and we're not supposed to know what it is. And if they tell us, we, we're probably not going to believe them anyway. Are we, are we shooting down, you know, something every day, once a day? That's good. How long is that going to go on? But let's listen to KJP, KJP, clear things up. And at the end, don't miss what she calls our partner to the north. Go ahead. Why is why is the American military shooting something out of the sky over Canada? Because it's part of a NORAD. There is a, the NORAD is part of like a part of a it's a it's a what you call a coalition, a consortium, a, 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 so, a pact okay. exactly. And so that's why we were able to do that again. We didn't do it on our own. We did right. it in in uh, in uh, clearly in in in, in, in step with uh, right. Canada. Canada. I didn't hear that part. part. Is that that is the White House spokesperson? Oh, Her man. job is to speak for the president. She couldn't. She couldn't friggin' give an order at, at the drive-through at Dunkin' Donuts. She can't even come up with the word for pact or coalition. Or uh, and then she says, "We we, we shot it down over Canada." Unreal. <laughs> He could have said he could have said it was anything, and she would have been like, "Yes, exactly." <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're, you're right, Jonathan. And why are, why are they not telling us they're shooting things down on Friday, and we know nothing about it? We know from the news reports that it was a car-sized object. A car-sized object? It's not a balloon. Doesn't that make it? I don't know. An airplane? Is there something else? It could be a helicopter. <laughs> Don't we, shouldn't we know a little more than about the size? Three days later, shot down over Alaska with F-16s, Sidewinder missiles, which cost like a million bucks each. Are we, shouldn't we know what country it came from? Are they going to tell us today? Are we waiting for that bubblehead there to uh, address the nation and take questions today at the White House before we find out more? Are we, I don't know, are we at war? <laughs> Is that a good question? It's a great excuse question. Excuse me. Excuse me. Cringe. Are we at war with somebody? Could you tell us who it is? We're, we're at war with. It's just, I thought we were, I mean, I know we're at war with Russia and Ukraine and that's going great. But uh, I'd like to know, maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's Putin. That's probably what we're going to hear today. It's Putin. We're, oh, we're God, more but, focused on electric buses, Jerry. Oh, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> shouldn't. That's a good point. Shouldn't at least the vice president? I realize Joe Biden doesn't do much on weekends. He usually, you know, in one of his mansions, kicking back, and he was rooting hard for his Eagles. You think Joe Biden stayed up for the 
final two minutes and saw that penalty and kicked the TV. I doubt it, but uh, he's, rooting for his, he's pretending to be an Eagles fan and because uh, his wife is. And uh, so that was one good thing about the Chiefs pulling it out. But uh, this was uh, Kamala. I don't even, I, it's almost uncomfortable playing her I know. Uh, on Friday talking about her favorite thing in the world. Yes. Once again, talking about electric school buses. Go ahead. No exhaust, no diesel smell. The bus has Wi-Fi and even USB outlets next to every seat. I mean, come on, imagine. You can charge your phone on your way home from work. That's good stuff. <laughs> God help the USA. Oh. We are, I don't know, man. We got two more years. We got balloons and unidentified flying objects coming at us. We are sending billions to escalate a war. We're blowing up pipelines, Russian pipelines, causing environmental disasters, uh, an act of war. We got uh, an Israeli prime minister, former prime minister, saying he had uh, peace talks all laid out, had agreements from both sides, and Biden pushed back and said, no peace, no, we're going to war. And any day now, get ready, we're going to hear about those F-16s that shut down all those crazy objects, they're going to be heading to Ukraine uh, to help, you know, to help because Putin's a bad guy. We don't like Putin. So we're going to go to war. And you got this, this person, the second, the, 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 the person who will be president if the old guy can't make it. She's talking about how exciting it is that you have a USB port on a bus. We have real problems in this country. And one of them is, Truly failed leadership, man. Well, I mean, if the State of the Union got bombed the other night, Marty Walsh would be the president right now. So. <laughs> you know what? And then, uh, when you say that initially, I say that's frightening, but Marty would be better than that. That's true. Marty's a dope, but... Uh, Good point. But he, I mean, he, he's not. it wouldn't be as scary as that. Imagine if Joe Biden today has a stroke. He's has another aneurysm. He's had a couple brain aneurysms and is incapacitated. She takes the oath. She becomes president. Then we're gonna. Everyone's gonna have an electric school bus. Everyone. Did she? She didn't mention they were they were yellow though. That, that that's disappointing. I like what she says. Who doesn't love yellow buses? I love yellow buses. This is the United uh, States of America, for God's sake. United America. United States of America. All right, we got a few more things to get to. Let me uh, let me do this, and then oh, we got to get to this a hole. Kevin O'Leary, man. Mr. Wonderful is just, he could be the biggest dink in the world. Uh, I'll tell you what he tweeted over the weekend. The man is just, it's just a bad, bad guy. It was good not to see any crypto commercials featuring guys like Kevin O'Leary and Tom Brady and Matt Damon. They, but they, but they pay no price for it. You know, Kevin O'Leary took 15 million from SBF to, to essentially lie for that scam artist. Brady did the same thing. He took 45 million. Oh, God knows what Matt Damon did to do that big crypto ad, crypto.com, in last year's Super Bowl. The bottom falls out in the market. One guy turns out to be the biggest scam artist in U.S. history. One year later, nobody pays a price. Everybody just goes on their merry way. We'll tell you what that, that a-hole Kevin O'Leary uh, had to say over the weekend. But first... Well, it's the dead of winter, but that doesn't slow down Shea Concrete. They've got a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great values 
with designs that will fit your home. A new staircase will dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. You'll be the talk of the town, the envy of the neighborhood. Shea will take care of all this. They remove the old stairs. You don't want to have to do that yourself. When they're done, you'll have a great looking new entrance that will add value to your home. Is not an expense. This is an investment in your home. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you get a brand new front entrance. Go to SheaConcrete.com to learn more. Also, you can go there and look for a job. Right now, Shea is hiring. They've got between 15 to 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with all different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. Oh, man. I, uh, it'll be hard to, for me to narrow down the biggest a-hole of the weekend. There's a lot. There's quite a few. It's a busy weekend, including whoever, you know, sent the unidentified flying objects at us. But I'm not even sure what prompted this from Mr. Wonderful, SPF's buddy, the guy who said after SPF was exposed, arrested, said he still thinks he's a wonderful guy, still thinks he would, still would invest with him. <laughs> took 15 million to sell that snake oil and said, and he shows no regrets, no apologies, nothing. This is what he tweeted over the weekend. And it was quite the firestorm, quite the uh, blowback on Mr. Wonderful. Do you have the, uh, the tweet? He, uh, Mr. Wonderful tweets. You may lose your wife. You may lose your dog. Your mother may hate you. None of these things matter. What matters is that you achieve success and become free. Then you can do whatever you like. What? Did he get ratioed on this? How insane is that? I mean, let's be honest. It's the opposite. (laughs) You know, if you have a wife you love, a dog you love, and your mother, you loved your mother, then that is success (laughs) by any by any definition. And if you make money and you achieve financially, that's great. That's even better. But making money when you lose your wife and your dog and your mother, could anything be more hollow, more shallow? That's what this is. It's just shallow and soulless. What, even if you thought this, what compels you to tweet it? What compels you to share that insanity with the world? I don't, I don't if, really. If he's in a marriage too, wouldn't she? She's not probably a big fan of this tweet. I would imagine. <laughs> no Is his mother around still? I don't know. Does he have a dog? His mother, his wife, wasn't his wife the one who was on the boat with him when he killed that person? Uh, <laughs> and, uh, oh, allegedly. No, I mean, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you kill someone as long as you achieve success. Yeah. And he just got crushed on, uh, on Twitter. This endless stream of people pushing back on this insanity. I mean, I would say, I mean, I got friends, I know people who aren't rich, but they have great uh, relationships with their white, great marriages, good dogs, good parents, and they're happy. I and they feel dog. like they're doing okay in life. And Kevin O'Leary says, no, no, not unless you're rich like me, not unless you get, you scam people out of millions like I did. What an a-hole. Anyway, that's, uh, that's, that's, and then, and again, I assume He's going to get sued many times over for the con job, for the scam that SPF pulled with his help. And I know each and every time I'll be rooting for the uh, the plaintiffs. I'll be rooting for the class action lawsuits to come his way. And and uh, we'll see how, how uh, 
how he defines success when he gets his ass suit off. Let me start off with two words. Made in America. (laughs) Are we going to hear from that man today about these flying objects? We're shooting down left and right. We're firing off missiles left and right. And it's like, yeah, but did you see the Super Bowl? Did you hear? Did you see Rihanna's baby bump? I mean, <laughs> he'll talk about he'll talk about that first for sure. He'll talk congratulations about congratulations to Rihanna and and what's his name Aesop Rocky, Aesop, what's her boyfriend or husband's name Aesop Rocky? Is that who she's Ace? Is, is that who it is? If you're right, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> I don't know. Just I think I don't I don't think we know who the father is. I don't I don't know. I don't care. But that baby bump will by judging by like social media posts and coverage on cable news or whatever, that'll get 10 times the interest of these unidentified flying objects at 20,000 feet. Uh, and we're shooting them down with sidewinder missiles. Did anyone see that from the ground? Anyone see it from another plane? That is pretty wild. And yet today this doddering old fool, I assume is going to have to take a couple of questions. I mean, he wouldn't sit down with the network that carried the Super Bowl first time in 20 years. I believe the sitting president didn't sit down with someone from the network that covered it. And it wasn't going to be Greg Gutfeld or, or Tucker Carlson. It was going to be uh, Brett Baer or Shannon Bream. It was going to be respectful, presidential. He would They would ask about the game. He'd say, go Eagles. But he didn't have the guts to do that on top of being a liar and a, and a dementia patient, he's got no guts. I mean, you're supposed to sit down and take a couple questions. You know, they, 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 it would have been painless, Joe. That's what presidents do. But no, you were hiding somewhere in the basement of one of your mansions. And uh, we still don't know what you shot down over Lake Huron. Were there people out? In, I guess there wouldn't be any boats out in February, but... People had to be able to see up and look up and see it. That's only 20,000 feet. Well, we'll find out maybe after we find out, you know, whether Rihanna's having a boy or a girl, we'll find out whether we're under attack and heading to world war three, but that will do it for today. Congratulations again to our guy, our degenerate Montante 12 and one in the postseason. I'm just going to assume he made some money. Ironhead came, came up big. You bet the chiefs in the over. That's what you did. The Chiefs in the over, and I also did a, I hit a plus 1,000 parlay. Plus 1,000 parlay. Well, I'm going to see my friend who lost, who almost won 26,000, but McKinnon took a knee. Uh-huh. And, you know, I'll, to, I'll, I'll buy him lunch. I'll make him feel better. Uh-huh. I'll, 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 buy him a, I'll buy him a sub or something today. But uh, that will do it for today. Stay tuned. Find out if we're at war. We'll be, uh, we'll be all over it tomorrow, I promise. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify.